Good day guys, this is Jay and I'll be here to discuss about how to build your first PC with a podcast. But before we get into the discussion of our podcast, here are some frequently asked questions that will be answered throughout the podcast. First, what are the different parts that is the most important in building a PC? Can a beginner build a PC? What tools do I need to build a PC? What are the things we need to know before we build a PC? What are the things the buyer needs to consider in choosing a PC part? Lastly, what are the common problems beginners face in starting off building a PC? First part, research. Some of us know the fact that we are in the era where everything is being revolutionized. The growth and the further modernization of technology is increasing rapidly every single year. And we can't blame anyone or do anything about it to stop it because, in fact, we are already embracing technology. Because it's already part of our life. It eases our life. It gives us new perspective new ideas, and further new developments. For the past decade, we consider Apple and Samsung as the most popular and trusted brand. However, because of the revolution of technology, there are new companies that rise to provide more variety or choices for the consumers like Vivo, Oppo, Redmi, and Realme that provides different gadgets from smartphones to laptops, speakers, smartwatch, and many more. That, in fact, every year these companies release so much gadgets that if you buy a phone or a laptop right now, it will be considered outdated next year. Because there will be a new version, a new development, and new feature every year and we can't do anything about it that's why many people especially now that we are in the midst of the pandemic considers and chose to build their own pc because it will be a lot easier for us to update and upgrade our pc part by part but building our own pc is not that easy Especially if we lack knowledge about it. Building our own PC from scratch needs a lot of time, effort, patience, knowledge, and of course, budget. Watching video tutorials will be helpful but not that enough to be successful. You may be able to run it but we still need a guidance from a professional or a person that has a lot of knowledge about it. We also need to consider what kind of PC we are trying to build. Is it for gaming, editing, school, or just a daily use? Because there are different kinds and choices of parts of a computer for a specific kind of use. Asking for a guidance from a person that knows how to build a PC is the most suggested way to build your own PC. 
because it will save you a lot of time and of course the chances of buying a wrong part of a computer is at a lower risk and chances of failing is low which means we can save more money and at the same time we may learn things and information that we might not know yet that will be beneficial for us in the future next the next part of the podcast is budget mm, budget of course budget is most important in terms of building your first computer the budget determines what kind of component will be present on your computer will it be a low-end pc mid-end or high-end pc in order to determine your budget for your first pc you need to determine where will you use it are you going to use it for online class work gaming streaming and many more second is that to determine will it be for long term or short term use if it is for long term use you might as well go for broke and buy the latest computer parts on the market so when they release new generation of processor and other parts of computer it will still be on par with the new releases and you can use it for years and with proper maintenance on it if it is for short term it's still okay to buy lower generation of processor because it will most likely still be able to use the applications that you want to use in order for you to enlighten your mind we will tell you what is the preferable budget according to on what you use you are going to with your pc so if you're going to just use your pc for work online class and like gaming most likely that your budget needs to be around 15 to 20k pesos on that budget uh, you can build a pc that is capable on those tasks now if you are into gaming and streaming your budget will most likely need to be 20k to 40k pesos can also be used on low to mid video editing for heavy gaming and heavy editing your budget will be 40 to 60k pesos since the graphics card nowadays is so expensive take note that the budget that I elaborated may change in time because PC parts especially this time of pandemic especially the graphics card since it is demanding to this day and the market stock is going low so that's why the prices of computer components to this day is so expensive so take note that in buying your first pc time is also a factor considering on your budget so make sure you build your 
computer where computer parts are not demanding and expensive so you can get the most out of your money. Parts and compatibility. In order to build your personal computer, you need to make sure you have the proper components to know and its compatibility. But before that, I will enumerate them and tell its function. First is the processor. It is the one who provides the instructions and processing power the computer needs to do its work. It's also known as the heart or brain of the computer. Second is the motherboard. It is the backbone that ties all the computer components together so that they can function. Third, RAM. It keeps applications to a place uh, to store and access data on a short-term basis. It stores the information your computer is actively using so that it can be accessed quickly. Fourth, GPU. It is an expansion card of for your PC that is responsible for rendering images to the display. Fifth, storage. SSD and HDD. Both are storage devices. The difference between them is that SSD or solid state drive is faster than the HDD. Sixth, power supply. It is used to provide the power wattage required by every component to work perfectly. Seven, cooler. The function of the cooler is to keep the CPU from overheating so that computer will not run slow. Lastly, the case. This is where you will mount your computer components. Now that I explained what are the purposes of each component, I will explain the compatibility of each component to one another. For the CPU, just need to choose what brand you prefer. It's either AMD or Intel. But what's the difference between them two? Mm. Intel processors aren't backward compatible as the AMD. It changes generation and compatibility with every generation update. Whereas when we talk about the AMD, they're backward compatible and are compatible with the predecessor motherboard. Now, once you chose your processor, you need to choose your motherboard. You need to take to make sure that their socket type matches to your chosen processor. The reason for this is that a motherboard with AM4 socket type is only compatible with the processor having AM4 socket type. Next is that you have to check the chipset supported by your processor and look out at the motherboard which supports the same chipset. 
For the Galpix card, you need to choose a proper one that is compatible to your CPU. Because if you buy a too powerful graphics card for your processor, it may result into bottlenecking your PC. So, hmm, what is bottlenecking? A bottleneck is when a PC is performing a very demanding application and it appears that some aspect of the application can or should be performing better. If the CPU load is very high, about 70% or more, and significantly higher than the video card's load, then the CPU is causing the bottleneck. Now, for the RAM or random access memory, most of the people get confused while choosing RAM because of the speed and capacity issue. Now, in order for you to get confused, speed and RAM simply means the speed it can go up to. A DDR4 base RAM has a stock speed of 2133 MHz. And anything above it simply means it can be overclocked. And when it comes to the capacity, I highly recommend you to Grab anything above 16GB and if you wanted to do hardcore gaming, then I suggest you to grab minimum of 32GB of RAM. Now, for the storage, I recommend that you buy both SSD and hard drive in order for you to have option when you put your files. You can put your operating system on your SSD so it can be faster and also put your important app on your SSD so that it can also run faster. For hard drive, uh, you can put all other files and apps that you don't prioritize so it can be organized. For the cooling, you can choose between air cooler or liquid cooler. If your priority is budget, then you can go with air cooler. And if you have um, big budget and you prioritize the performance of your CPU, then I suggest that you buy an AIO all-in-one liquid cooler. Also, another tip is that if you're going to overclock your processor, an AIO is a must especially if your processor is high-end for the power supply you just need to make sure that the wattage of your power supply is enough to make your PC run so if you buy an under wattage power supply it um, chances are high that the PC will not boot you can compute your PC parts wattage on different sites on the internet. Uh, lastly, the case. Depending upon the motherboard, you'll get majorly four types of case. And these are mini ITX for ITX motherboard, mini tower. 
for micro ATX motherboard. Mid tower for ATX motherboard. And full tower for EATX motherboard. Last part. Building. Now for the building part of the PC. Here you have two options. And that is to ask for the shop where you purchase your parts or build it yourself. Now, in some case, you can buy online. You can ask for a PC shop to build your PC. Or if you want some experience building your first PC, you can build it yourself. You can skip this part if you are not interested in building your, PC, your own PC. And if you are interested, make sure to listen carefully. First, what you're going to need is an anti-static wrist strap. The purpose of this tool is that you won't charge static electricity in order for you to avoid damaging your components. Step 1 is go get your motherboard, processor, and RAM. All the other components can be put aside first. Next is to take everything out of the motherboard box. Once you finish that, put your motherboard on top of the motherboard box. Next is to take out your processor. In important note, remember that always hold your processor on the side and hold it carefully because it can be damaged at that and it will be a problem. Now for the for putting your processor on the CPU socket, you will find a little triangle on the edge of the processor. So now, what you got to do is align the little triangle on the CPU socket cover. Now, go back to the motherboard, push down the lever, pull it up, gently place the processor and again, Make sure it is aligned so it will not fall out. So for you to make sure it is placed right, it should just fall into place and applying force will not be necessary. Step 2 is installing your SSD. And the two SSDs are another easy step in the process. but. Don't forget to reference your manual to find out which M.2 slot you should use first. Your motherboard may have protective thermal guards on your M.2 slots, so re remove those first. Once you've taken off those guards on the motherboard, you can slot in your M.2 SSDs. This requires a little bit of force to slot into their respective slots but don't push too hard they should slide in quite easily once the m.2 ssds are in their slots the opposite end should be pointing upward at a diagonal angle at this point you take the respective screw that is often included with your motherboard push its m.2 ssd down and screw them into the appropriate spots. At this point, you can take the thermal guard and place it on top of 
each M.2 SSDs, screwing it back into place. Step 3 is installing your RAM. This is another step where you'll want to reference your motherboard's manual, which should be able to tell you which order to place the RAM in. If you have 4 slots and only 2 sticks of RAM, then you should be able to make sure the two sticks are spaced apart in either the first and third slots or second or and fourth. Your motherboard manual can advise you here. Placing your RAM apart like this will help you get the most out of your CPU. First off, be sure to flip down the plastic clips on both sides of each slot you're planning to use. Inserting the RAM requires more force but make sure you start small and then ramp up your pressure gradually. When you hear a click, your RAM is in its slot. This should cause the plastic clips to flip up Gripping your RAM, if you notice your clips haven't flipped up, then your RAM may not be seated properly. It's almost time to throw your motherboard into your case, but first you'll need to screw in some standoff screws that you'll place your motherboard onto before screwing it in. These stand-ups will come with your motherboard and once you've located them, you can start screwing them into your case. There should be able of about a dozen holes for the stand-ups to fit into. Refer to your case manual if you're having trouble finding them. Once the stand-ups are screwed in, you're ready to insert your motherboard. Now, for step 4 is installing your motherboard into the case. The standoffs make sure to make it easy to place your motherboard into your case. But don't start screwing it in straight away. There should be a space on the back of your case for your motherboard I.O. ports to fit into. It will be a rectangle and you'll want your motherboard to be inserted comfortably into this space so that you can access all of the ports. Once everything fits, you can start screwing your motherboard onto the standoff with the appropriate screws. Don't forget that you don't want to screw anything too tightly. Just turn your screwdriver until everything is securely tightened. And then you're ready to move on. Next is installing the power supply. Installing the power supply into your case is often quite easy. You'll want to refer to your specific case manual for this. But it's pretty straightforward. First, we took your case mounting bracket and screwed it into the back of our power supply. You'll notice your power supply also supports a fan which is used to circulate air. If you're planning on placing your finished gaming PC on a hardwood floor or desk, 
then feel free to aim this fan downward. If you're placing your gaming PC on a carpeted floor, then you'll want to aim the fan upward. Once you've figured out which way your PSU needs to be oriented and screwed on the mounting bracket, you can easily slide in into your case and tighten the bracket screws depending on how much room you have for your PSU. You may want to hold up on screwing it in until you've plugged in all of its various power cables. Now that the power supply is installed, you can start connecting any SATA hard drives or SSDs. Your case should have a specific bay area dedicated to holding these kinds of drives. Locate this area, then look for two metal clasps on the left and right side of each bay. Squeeze this clasp and then pull the bay out. Here is where you'll be able to screw in your SATA drive and keep it stable inside your case. Once this is done, you'll want to reinsert the bay into its place and then plug a SATA and PSU cable into your hard drive. Find the SATA slot on your motherboard and plug the other side of the appropriate cable into it. Then. Plug the other side of the PSU cable into your power supply. Your drive is now installed. Though, you will need to format it in your PC once it is up and running. Now, you're ready to start plugging your cables into your motherboard. This part requires some patience as your case cables are extremely tiny and can be difficult to orient. You want to reference both your case and motherboard manuals during this step. Some motherboards like Oros Ultra comes with a bus that you can plug the case cables into before inserting them into the motherboard. This makes the step much easier. Your case cables make it so you can use the various ports on the front of your PC in addition to the power button itself. Of course, nothing is going to happen when you press that button if you don't plug your PSU into your motherboard. You'll want to plug the 24-pin ATX and EPS-12V cables into their respective spots. On both the motherboard and PSU, you'll be plugging in all your power cables into the PSU including fans, SATA drives, and your cooling system. Now, for the cooler, let's just assume the cooler we are going to use is an AIO. The first thing you need to do is mount the system's bracket to the motherboard. You'll need access to the back of the motherboard tray. As you'll be screwing part of it to the back of the tray. This will give you the spots you need to set the cooler's pump onto your CPU and motherboard. Before you do this, however, there are a few other steps. Liquid-based CPU cooling 
systems come with a radiator with fans which you'll want to screw onto your case of course you'll need to figure out where you want to install it we recommend it into your case stop grill as it'll allow for more airflow but some cases may not have a top grill and you'll need to install it on the back of the case once you figured out what position you're going to go with you screw the radiator into the grill itself once you're done with this you're ready to attach the pump first you'll want to apply some thermal paste though some coolers come with thermal paste pre-applied if that's the case your cooler's thermal paste is most likely capable of handling the job and you may be able to skip this next step you can also easily remove the cooler space with a dry cloth if you bought thermal paste you'd rather go with you want to apply a piece-sized glob of thermal paste into the center of your CPU during this step always go smaller than bigger once you applied you can press the cooler into its position on the CPU and thermal paste if you feel like you've accidentally applied too much thermal paste don't worry it's an easy as the as wiping the CPU off with a dry cloth and rubbing alcohol and trying again once the pump is installed, you want to make sure all of your cooling system's wires are plugged into the right spots. Our particular cooler required us to plug a micro USB cable into our pump and the other side into our motherboard. Next part is so simple yet on of the hardest and it tests your patience when it comes to building PC. You now can start your cable management. You will need zip ties so you can manage your cables. It is an important step in order for you to make your computer look presentable and at the same time, you can maximize the airflow inside of your computer. Finally, it's time to discuss the the component you're probably the most excited about, the graphics card. The graphics card is easy to install. You'll need to remove an appropriate number of expansion slots, insert from the back of your case to fit it in your graphics card. This will vary depending on what or which GPU you go with. but usually is the safe number once you unscrew the and remove them figure out which piece PCIe Express slot you'll need to insert your card into then flip its plastic notch at the far end of the slot downward to prepare for installation at this point all you need to do is line up the graphics card with the PCIe Express slot and then push down until the plastic notch flips up and clicks again. 
again, you don't need a lot of force to push it in. But you will need to push the graphics card into the, its slot until you get that click. Once you hear that, you can screw your graphics card's mounting brackets into the case using the expansion slots, screws, and holes. At this point, you need to plug your graphics card into your power supply to give it power. Low-end graphics cards don't typically require extra power, so if that's what you're working with, you're going to skip this step. Take the appropriate cables included with your power supply and plug one end into the graphics card. Then, plug the other into the PSU. It's okay if there are parts of the cable that go unused, just make sure every port of the graphics card has cable plugged in. Once you've ensured a tidy PC with all of your cables managed, you should connect an HDMI cable to your PC and plug the other end into a monitor. Plug the power cable into your PSU and the other end into an outlet. Then, flip the power switch on the back of your PC to its on position. Press the power button on your PC and if it turns on, you're almost good to go. At this point, you'll need another PC and a fast USB drive of at least 8GB. We suggest the SanDisk Extreme Pro. You'll then want to head over to Microsoft and follow the steps provided there. This will help you create an installation device out of your USB drive, which you can plug into your PC before booting it up. Upon starting your PC, it should go straight into the Windows 10 installation process. Follow the steps here and wait for it to install. Once you're done, you should be good to go. Though it, you will need to buy a proper license for Windows 10 from Microsoft. If you do this from your new PC, it will activate automatically. On this is all set up. You're good to go. Barring the installation of an optical drive, if you chose to get one or you can just ask a nearby computer shop to install an operating system on your PC. Okay guys, that's all. Again, I'm Jay and thank you all for listening to my podcast.